Today's guest is Joe McCarthy. Joe grew up with humble beginnings on a farm raising and selling chickens. Once he discovered social media, he used that to benefit his family's farm and he developed a passion for it. Nowadays, Joe's really passionate about helping other successful entrepreneurs and business owners scale their brands on social media. Let's hear what Joe has to say. Joe, we're really excited to have you on the show today. And for those of the people who don't really know you very well, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and where you come from? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up on a small farm in Winchester, Virginia. It's a little northern, so about an hour and a half out of D.C. Um, and I, like I said, I grew up on a small farm, so I raised you know chickens, you know sheep, pigs, turkeys, you know random things like that. Um, and at age six, I started actually selling chicken eggs. So I, you know, kind of saw that we were getting tons and tons of eggs and my mom would be like kind of giving them out for free. And I was like, why don't we just, you know, sell a couple dozen and make, you know, $2 here, $4 here, whatever. So I decided to kind of make a little business out of it, um, and just start marketing. Um, and that just quickly grew. So, you know, a few years later, um, we started to introduce, you know, other animals to the farm. I started selling actual like chicken, like meat. Um, and I had one big issue, which is like, I didn't have the customers. I had tons of product, like my, the freezers, the fridges were full of, you know, product pretty much 24 seven, but I was struggling actually finding clients. Right. So I was putting out signs, you know, knocking on doors, asking friends to buy. I was like desperate to find clients and, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with lead generation. So, um, I was lucky that, you know, a few years later, fast forward, I came across Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I saw other farmers kind of in my area actually selling their farm products, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, chickens, uh, pork, beef, they were using Facebook and Instagram to sell, right? So I decided to get on there. I was like 15, 16 years old. I started creating this personal brand. Um, and then, you know, fast forward about a year later, I grew to a couple thousand followers each and I started selling out of pretty much all of those products. And that's when I kind of it clicked in my mind, like, you know, social media, if you use it correctly, it can be a powerful tool. So, you know, fast forward two to three years later, I've, you know, gotten introduced to like, you know, like Ty Lopez and like, you know, Grant Cardone, these classic entrepreneurs that kind of like gets you in that rabbit hole of like business, entrepreneurship, you know, success, mindset, stuff like that. So I just got immersed in those books. I started reading you know, as much as I could when I was 18, 19. And that's when I started my agency, uh, where we help people and other business owners basically scale up their personal brands, uh, similar to how I did basically. That's awesome. So your, your first introduction into marketing was that raw experience of having a fridge full of chickens and eggs and pork and everything <laughs> like that. And you just, yeah. you could only do so much knocking on doors and, and going around. And how, how old were you at that time when you started actually trying to sell your family's products? I, mean, I was probably 13 or 14 years old. And yeah, I had this, like, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs kind of struggle with that. It's like they have the best product in the world, right? But like, if you can't get it out to people, it's like, you know, what, what good does it have? So I was like at this crossroad, like, what do I do? Like I have all these, you know, all this, this chicken, these eggs. I just don't know how to sell it. So I was pretty desperate at that time. Yeah. And you're, you're living in rural Virginia at that point. So it's probably only so far you can uh, only so far you can reach as a thirteen-year-old. Um, only so far yeah. you can walk, or uh, you know, only so much you can no. actually do. 
30-minute drive from pretty much any anything. We had to drive 30 minutes to the store. So, yeah, we were in the middle of nowhere, so that didn't help. Okay, so you, you finally stumbled onto Facebook and social media when you were about 13 or so, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So when you first you know, wrapped your head around it, you realized, okay, this is, this is an option. This is where a lot of other farmers are selling their product. What was the first step you took in starting to build a personal brand at age 13? Yeah. So I just started game planning, like what kind of, what kind of content to put out. Cause you know, you obviously want to make sure you're staying active and putting stuff out for people to engage with. You want to entice an audience. So I basically just started posting like, you know, weekly updates, you know, I just say like, Hey, this is a big project that we're doing. You know, let me kind of give you the run through, you know, maybe I'd give them like a, a failure. Like, let's say, you know, a, a batch of chickens, you know, got attacked by like a wolf or whatever. I'd give them an update, an honest update and just be kind of vulnerable. And then that way, you know, just slowly built up this audience. Um, and then, you know, those people started buying product. But then also anybody who was around my local area, they saw that I had a decent social media presence. I was a young kid. Um, so I think that helped to kind of catapult and build this like momentum to start actually being able to sell that product. So creating the content was the first step that I did. Awesome. And, you know, at that point, you're 13 years old and, you know, you don't have any sort of established credibility at that point. You don't have any sort of a brand. Nobody knows you from any other 13-year-old stuff yeah. like that. I think, I think a lot of people, everybody actually starts from a square one because for me, it was about I don't know, eight years ago that I realized, okay, so social media is a really viable way to get clients and find other team members. So it's a really important tool for me to have to grow my business. But I think everybody hits that point where they're like, okay, now that I know this is something I need to get good at, where do I even start? Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. I'm starting at zero followers. So tell me a little bit about how that felt as a 13-year-old in rural Virginia. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest hurdle that I had to kind of come across is like putting myself in front of camera. Like I was pretty good at editing. Like I used like Canva and stuff like that just for fun. I used to like make videos with my siblings and stuff. So like I was kind of like technologically like um, I could help. I could, you know, do pretty well on that, that end. But as far as like putting myself in front of camera, talking in front of camera, I definitely had like insecurities about that and I did not want to start. Um, and that's why today, like on my personal brand right now, like I preach just get started it doesn't even matter where you start you know like a lot of people they'll look at like the big picture and i think if you just kind of shrink it down into like incremental steps like if you're trying to jump over the entire staircase you're not gonna make it you gotta kind of make it one step at a time so like for me i was like well you know i'm obviously not going to be this famous you know farmer if i don't you know get started so the way to get started is just put out one video so i just filmed my first video um i probably did like 20 retakes because i was super nervous so I made this video and I posted it out and people loved it. Um, so that's when I kind of built up a little bit of confidence, put out another video, probably did like 10 retakes. And then I just slowly, slowly, you know, consistently kept on putting out content. Um, and then obviously as I continued doing that, I was getting a little bit more confident. I was able to do less retakes. I was able to do higher quality editing. So that's, like I said, that's why I always preach getting started because like you're not going to get good you know, on the, your first try, he's probably going to suck no matter yeah. what you do or where you start. Definitely. Um, but you're not going to get good unless you actually get that started. So, yeah, you know. I, I still remember what that feels like putting out my first 
one or two pictures or videos, you're like, oh my gosh, is yeah. my is my hand in the right spot? Is my does my voice sound weird? Did I like was what I said? Did that come off weird? And you're kind of second guessing every little thing, but. Yeah. Once you start putting out a lot more content, you realize people are not paying attention to, you know, like where you put your hand and stuff like that. They're just <laughs> focused on the amount of value you're delivering to to that subject. And in your case, you started out with um, what are some examples of some more examples of the type of content you created? I mean, when you're marketing farm products, so eggs, chickens, livestock, What's the type of content that you were creating to build a presence? Yeah. So like every morning I would go outside and I had to do like the chores, right? So like the feeding, watering, moving. So it's, just, it's also a sustainable farm, right? So like they're on lots of land, it's pasture raised. So there's a lot of like moving parts that go into that. So like I might, you know, make a video of me moving the chickens from like one area of the field to the next and like what goes into that, how to move the fences, how to get all the animals into the fence. So it was kind of like entertaining that way. Um, and obviously like simple things like, you know, washing eggs. Maybe I just do like a time lapse because I'd probably spend like three hours just washing, you know, like eight dozen eggs or whatever. And, and I just make a time lapse of that, put that up. Um, I did a lot of like farm quotes and stuff like that. It's almost like the same as like, you know, that the cliche, like social media, um, you know, success gurus or like entrepreneur gurus. And I only did it for like farming. So like I'd mix in like reels, videos, maybe like quotes about farming and stuff like that. And I just kind of build this layout and this format on, on Instagram and Facebook. And, and that's, that's essentially like what I would do for like, you know, three or four years until I switched to doing more of like the entrepreneur type content. Nice. And when you first started, who were some of the big uh, names that you looked up to or people that you would kind of model your your social media yeah. after? Yeah, that's a great question. So Joel Salton, he's kind of like the pioneer of sustainable farming. Um, and he actually is. And he's also in Virginia. He's like two hour, a two hour drive from where I am. And the funny thing is, is that Joel Salton, so he started this, you know, farm, I'd say, I don't even know, probably like in the 70s or 80s. Um, and he's like mastered this, like he has hundreds of acres of land and he leases land. So he was the big guy. He, I've read probably like five or six of his books because um, he's also a very good writer. But the funny thing is, is that he takes apprentices on his farm, um, especially back in like the early 2000s. He had like, you know, young guys working for him. So his first apprentice was actually uh, Ty Lopez. And he's like, obviously that big internet guru. He's all over or he used to be all over uh, YouTube, a um, little bit with like Instagram and, and, and Snapchat and stuff. But he actually got me introduced. So I'd be watching videos or interviews from Joel Salatin, the farmer. And he would mention this guy named Ty Lopez. I'm like, who is Ty Lopez? Um, and then I looked him up and it's like, it's this guy who's driving like Lamborghinis. He's, he's in the Hollywood Hills. You know, he's marketing, making a ton of money. So the funny thing is, is that actually got me introduced to all these other guys like Grant Cardone, you know, Ed Milet, these other guys, because he said that if you want to get like a Lamborghini or if you want to get wealthy, the key to doing that is reading. So like I have like a bookcase where I just bought a ton of books. So the funny thing is, is he actually got me introduced to this other side of like entrepreneurship. So it's kind of funny how that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So this was around probably you were probably 13 or 14 at this time. So this is about yeah. six, seven years ago. So there, we're, we're talking probably somewhere around 2016, 2017, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you got introduced yeah. to Ty Lopez and Ty Lopez was the main person that really kind of started your entrepreneurial journey uh, because then you started yeah. 
reading a lot of the right books, listening to a lot of the right people. That's kind of when your journey from selling farm products started to, that's when your world opened up a little bit and you realized how big you could start taking things. Okay. So what, around that time, what are some of the, what are some of your favorite books that you read that really shaped the way you look at business today? Yeah. Well, I think like there's the classic ones like Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. I read that one probably two or three times. And I love that book. It just kind of simplifies like assets, liabilities and stuff like that. Um, and obviously like Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Um, but one thing, one of the ones I really liked was Grant Cardone's 10X Rule. Like it's super simple and it's not like necessarily considered one of the classics, but it kind of just helped me build this 10X vision, right? Because like a lot of people don't have huge goals um, and I kind of told myself, like, I'd rather shoot high and, and miss versus, you know, shoot low and hit. So, like, I was from the age, like, 15, 16, like, I was setting massive goals. I knew I might not hit them, but, like, even if I got somewhat close to it, like, that's more than what, like, you know, most people my age or even 20, 30-year-olds are doing. So that kind of helped me um, pave this road of setting huge goals for myself, both with, like, finance, social media, um, all kinds of things. So I'd say like 10 extra was actually pretty impactful for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, focusing on growth for those past now, it's been about five years since you've done that. You're only 20 years old yeah. now. So I think you've done pretty darn well listening to the right people. So great job, man. Um, appreciate it. So from then, uh, what, what did the, I know you're not in the farm industry so much anymore, at least not quite as active, maybe still helping out with your family, but your, your primary business now, tell me a little bit about your primary business. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I kind of got into posting like entrepreneurship content, right? So I'd say age 17, 18, I really started posting like, you know, success videos or, you know, like mindset tips and tricks, what a lot of people are doing these days. Um, and the one thing I was struggling with there is that I wasn't growing. And obviously that's a huge problem these days too with Instagram. Cause like, you know, the algorithms are all wacky. There's so many people on Instagram and, and, and social media that like, it's very saturated. So I was having this issue where I was posting like, you know, every single week, I probably put out 20, 30 videos, lots of pieces of content and photos. And like, it wasn't reaching anybody. So I was getting like really frustrated. Like, how do I get this out to more people? I want this to grow you know, I want to get out to thousands of people. I think one downside about me is I'm pretty impatient. And I think a lot of young guys are pretty impatient too. So I was like experimenting with all kinds of different things, investing into like growth campaigns, all kinds of different things. And I came across this agency called Growless Agency. And they're kind of getting started as well. Um, and I think that was around 2018 or 19, um, where they said like, hey, why don't you, you know, join our team? Um, and so my parents thought it was like a scam, but I was like, you know, I don't really have anything to lose. Like, let me just join this agency as like a sales guy, see if I can, you know, help them out. And then within like two or three months, like it took me a while to start making money, but like within two or three months, like I became their top sales guy consistently, like in a row. So like I actually partnered with, um, grow this agency. And basically what we do now is we help people like myself, like yourself, whether you're like an entrepreneur, business, podcaster, um, or if you're in real estate, like we basically take your brand and just blow it up. So we'll get you thousands of followers, tons of engagement, feature you in press articles. So basically just blow up the social presence to build um, your credibility, right? Because obviously like with social media, it's a very uh, visual space. So like if you have, 
you know, a big credible presence, it's obviously going to build more momentum. People are going to trust you more um, and watch your content more. So essentially, in a nutshell, what we do now is just take other people's brands and just explode them, essentially. Awesome. Well, I think everybody, for the most part, has felt that way before, where they say, you know, I, I've got a great message. I'm, I'm really excited about what I'm doing. I think I can bring value to the community. And you get to a point where you're like, well, how the heck do I get more people seeing yeah. my stuff? How do I get my content out there more? Because it's, it's kind of defeating sometimes when you put a bunch of effort into yeah. a piece of content, then you'll send it out and, you know, only a few people look at it and you maybe set your sights way higher. So um, let's say if I was a brand new brand uh, starting out, what would be your, your best advice to me as a brand new brand of how to create a strong presence on social media? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think ultimately, like you don't want to do it for the wrong reasons. Like you want to make sure you're posting um, because it's like what you want. You don't want to be like too showy and, and all that. And then another thing is people don't really get the basics, right? Like they don't they don't know why they're posting. They're kind of just posting for everybody. So like if you can kind of niche down or you don't even necessarily have to niche down, but like choose kind of like an avatar in your in the back of your head, like who am I actually helping? So like early on, like, you know, for me, I wanted to help people like myself. So all my content is geared towards helping like 18 to 25 year old male entrepreneurs or people who are getting started. Cause then it's like any piece of content you post out, you can almost like put it back into like, okay, this is the person I'm helping. So it almost all makes sense. Like you don't want to post like real estate one day and then post on like success one day, relationships the next day, fitness on a different day, like, because people aren't going to watch that. They want to follow your content for a specific reason. So the first step is the, the foundation, which is like, who am I helping? Why do I want to help them? And then almost gear your content towards that. And then obviously you can do like the simple things like putting out pieces of content, creating like maybe a color theme, you know, just kind of branding yourself. Uh, like with my personal brand, it's red. So I pretty early on chose like a color so that way if people see my content they can associate that color or that brand with my brand right so simple things like that but ultimately the foundation i think is where most people mess up so first step is kind of identifying your target audience because it's exactly. pretty difficult to put out a piece of content the, that the entire world is going to universally identify with so for you, yeah. it was helping other people like yourself. So 18 to 25-year-old males who were interested in entrepreneurship and building a business. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and I think I was even posting, like, almost selfishly, like, I was almost posting for me. So, like, I was giving tips that I also needed to hear. I was giving tips that I wish I heard, right? So, like, I, I think a lot of people do that. It's like if they're, you know, 30 years old and they're having huge, like, relationship issues and then somehow they get out of this ride, they have, you know, some like epiphanies, they're going to want to share that content because they want to share what they wish they heard, or they want to hear stuff that, you know, is also helpful to them. So like, I think selfishly, also, for some reason, I also wanted to, you know, help myself, you know, kind of like give myself um, a value, I guess you could say. Yeah. So that was another, you thing. wanted to be the person that two years ago, you needed, you wanted to, you wanted to help Anybody else out there who's going through the same challenges that you had? Yeah, I, I can totally understand that. Okay. And, you know, now you've got your Instagram alone, personal brand built up to over 370,000 followers. 
That's not even including, I don't know what you've got on other platforms. So how many do you have across all platforms? So my personal brand has, yeah, like 360, 370K. Um, our agency page just hit a million. And then my partner, Dre, has over 500K. And we've helped other uh, pages here and there. Like there's an app called Link Me. Um, we just scaled them to over a million. And then we have, you know, thousands of other clients that we've scaled to 200K, 300K. So it's kind of hard to tell. But for, yeah, for, for me, my partner, Dre, and then the business page, um, it pretty much like morphs into almost like 2 million total. Wow. That's impressive. So for you, you started out doing, you know, once you once you started actually building your brand and you d- identified your target audience, what was the next step for you? Um, yeah, I think putting out the content, honestly, like I, I tried to formulate, like I probably went to Canva, you know, create a couple like layouts or um, templates. And I just started to put in like quotes on there. So it kind of like looked kind of aesthetically pleasing. Um, but then I just started posting that out. And another thing I tried to do was kind of fix my mindset because another thing people kind of screw up is they don't have the right mindset going into it. They, like I said, either post for the wrong reasons or they get bogged down in like what other people think. Like that's a big key is, you know, early on, I never really cared what people thought. I just put out videos. And if I look back on some of my videos, you know, they look, I cringe, you know, looking at them, but I was like, I don't really care. Like, you know, everybody starts at zero, so I'm just going to put it out. Um, but a lot of people, like, they get really overwhelmed or bogged down with, like, what is what are they going to think of me? Are they going to like this? Is this going to flop? You know, should I do this? Should I do that? And then they don't get started. So another thing I did is I fixed my mindset with it, and I just made sure that, you know, I put out content not really expect not having an expectation and also not caring you know what people think because typically you know you're going to get hate or ridicule no matter what you do so you might as well just you know do what you're meant to do if that makes sense definitely and you know for somebody who's built a really successful online presence tell me about like once you do post a piece of content it obviously either does really well or it doesn't do really well or it lands somewhere in the middle kind of average so how do you yeah. evaluate after the fact? Let's say you posted something and then a few days later you're looking over, you know, how many views, how many likes, how many comments, et cetera. How do you evaluate um, whether you feel like that piece of content did what you wanted it to do? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously it depends. On, there's a lot of different factors with that. Um, obviously you're going to want to post the content again um, or you want to post the type of content that does well and maybe get rid of the stuff that doesn't necessarily do well. Like I think Alex Hermosi, what he does is he'll post on Twitter kind of his thoughts and whichever ones kind of blow up, he'll take that and make it into an Instagram post. So I like to do things similar to that. And especially early on, like if you post um, a video or a picture, um, I don't like to just ditch it like after one try. Like maybe I'll post two or three of that type of content. And then if you see a trend, then obviously you can get rid of it. But a lot of times, like if you post, maybe it's like uh, not the right day because weekends I've seen that people aren't quite as active. Um, and then obviously if you post like in the middle of the night, it might not get traction because usually you want to post like I'd say Monday through you know Friday between like 9.30 a.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern because most people are going to be active during those times. And if you can get a certain amount of interaction within the first hour, you know, Instagram will take that post and, you know, push it out to more people because they want to, you know, share content that's resonating with people. So they'll put it on the explore page uh, and stuff like that. So sometimes it's factors that you didn't even really take account for, like when you posted, you know, what you posted. So like I'd say 
try two or three different pieces of content. And if you see a trend, you know, let's say these three pieces of content are really doing well, double down on those. You see these pieces of content aren't doing really well, uh, so you can minimize those. So that's what I'd gotcha. say. Okay, so before you give up on an idea or a concept, you make sure you've tried it at a few different times of the day with a few different little spins on it to determine, okay, is it is the whole idea uh, bad or is it maybe yeah. just the specifics that I got wrong of the posting time or the caption or something like that? Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And then essentially, you just go based off of what the feedback is. If it blows up really well, that post gets a lot of engagement, then you create more content similar to that, because obviously, your followers like it yep. and respond well to it. Okay, yep, yep. Easy enough, man. Um, so tell us about like some of your most successful clients that you've had so far. I'm sure you've had people that you've loved working with and it was a great win-win, probably some people that it wasn't such a great experience. So tell us about some of your most successful client relationships. Yeah, for sure. So I'd say like the biggest one that pops in my head right off the bat is Link Me. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, but we scaled up their brand like they were like they, they weren't even known like a year ago. Um, They're just like a, I think it's a dating it's a dating app. So basically, um, what we did is we took their brand from you know a couple thousand followers, and we blew it up to past a million, helped them get verified on Instagram, got their content out to thousands of people, and now they're one of like the number one platforms out there these days for you know linking up and it's super cool because you know like you take an app that was not known by anybody and we just blew it up, helped them reach thousands of people. Um, so that's probably like the biggest one. We obviously have a lot of, um, successful clients in real estate, business, coaching. Um, and there's a couple guys, um, that I have in my head. I don't want to say their names necessarily just for their privacy, but you know, when you see like a client that has, like you said, something to offer, whether it's content, a service, a product, and you can help them actually like blow that up, like not just, you know, blow up their social media, but help them with business. Cause people don't necessarily know that social media is like a gold mine with clients, so like a lot of our clients, what I like to see is, you know, people that have services and products and information to offer. And by us helping them scale up their social media, they're able to get, you know, 10x, you know, what they're making per month in real estate, or, you know, they're able to get another 10, 10 clients that pay, pay them $10,000 a month. So it's like we help them, you know, 100x their business in a few months. So those are like the people that I see off the top of my head. And there's obviously people that we have like NDA signed. So like there's really big um, brands that we've scaled, uh, that I have in my head too, but I don't want to say them. Fair enough. Well, that's a good sign. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I know that for me personally, over the last eight years or so that I've been taking social media seriously, everybody who has an Instagram account, I'm sure we get plenty of DMS from people that say that they're going to grow your brand, grow your business. Uh, even ones that say, I'll get you 10,000 followers for a hundred bucks, 20,000 for this. Like, so for you, someone who's an expert in this field, what's a great way for your average person to know what type of company or what type of process can really grow your brand in an organic and healthy way? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's, that's one issue we've seen a lot of times is there, I, I still get blown up, you know, my DMs blow up with those types of offers and stuff. And usually you want to look at two things. So the price point and maybe look at their page. So if the price point, it seems like it's too good to be true. It usually is like, you know, you can't get 10,000 followers for a hundred bucks or 200 bucks unless they're bots or if they just totally scam you. So you want to look at 
you know, the price point, like, is it too good to be true? Like some of our services are 10 times the cost of some of these other people in your DMs. And the reason for that is because we actually get you like a legit US based real audience, right? Um, so that's the one thing is look at the price if it seems like it's you know, like I, I've heard, I've heard people um, say they got scammed because they thought they could get verified for like fifty dollars. You know, so they'll like send their information, what whatnot, and and get scammed. I'm like, if if you could get verified on Instagram for fifty dollars, you think like, everybody would everybody be verified? Would be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody with fifty the, the bucks 20. to spend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got you kind of have to have some common sense, and unfortunately, like you know, I think Tyler Lopez says common sense isn't very common anymore. But that's one thing. Like you know, verification costs like twenty thousand dollars or more these days. Um, so you want to look at the price point and the number two is browse the page that's sending it. If they have 200 followers, but they say they can get you 10,000 followers, you know, maybe think twice about that. That kind of doesn't really add up. Like for our page, we have to send out very similar messages to that. But when we send those out, you can go to our page, see that we have 1 million followers. We're getting like 10,000 likes per post, thousands of views, comments. We have over 7,000 clients. So you want to look at what's what page is sending or like what the company page looks like because a lot of times if they have no followers or it's a very subpar page, um, that's something to look out yeah. for. So those are probably my main two things. And then the third thing would be asking to get on a call. Like you know, a lot of people they'll say like, yeah, let me you know get you ten thousand followers, and you say, hey, can we hop on a quick call? They say, no, we don't take calls. You know, but you know we can get you started with PayPal or something, and then you get scammed. So you. If you can get them on a call, that at least helps you to um, see if they're more willing to um, do business with you. But a lot of times, you know, scammers, they're not going to have, they're not going to be willing to hop on a call. They're not going to have great pages and the prices are going to be a little bit wonky, like a lot of followers for like a, a small amount of price. So those are the three main things. Yeah, that makes sense. So if they're willing to get on a call, just like any other business that you were going to do business yeah. with, you'd probably want a brief face-to-face -face interaction with them. And then secondly, if their page is doing well, I mean, you probably wouldn't hire a trainer if they were 300 pounds and out of shape. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd probably be hard to believe that they could help you get into shape. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. And so one of the things that your team does is, is you do help people get verified. So tell me, what does verified mean to the average person? Yeah. Yeah. So these days, verification is, is that blue tick that you see on a lot of, you know, elite looking pages or celebrities, influencers um, and, you know, solidified companies. And it basically just means that you are recognized as, you know, the page or, you know, you're recognized as an established individual. You know, people in the public either admire you or know who you are. Um, so it's almost I'd say like it's like the cherry on the top for like social media, like whether I mean. Twitter is like another story because Elon came out with like the subscription. So like you can get that for like $11. But with, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram specifically, you know, having that verification basically means that you are, you know, very established. It helps your credibility. It opens up huge doors. Um, we can kind of get into the process of how it works. But I mean, like I said, it's kind of like the cherry on the top for like, you know, a company or a, a personal, you know, brand or individual. Yeah, so it started with basically that way, you know, okay, this page is the real Drake versus a Drake yep. fan page yep. or somebody pretending to be Drake or something like that. So this page is the, yep. the actual real Drake, for example. Okay. And so what does that exactly. process look like for somebody who wants to make sure that they're established as the authority figure in their space. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like the, the annoying thing about verification is that things are constantly changing and social media and Instagram specifically, they're always coming out with like, you know, new updates and like things that they require. So like before you could probably get verified just because, you know, you're a decent uh, person that has 10,000 followers. But now it's like you got to go through a ton of hoops, like get featured on, you know, big name press articles. So like for us, we can, you know, get you featured on anywhere from 10, 5, 10, 15 pieces of like top tier publications, whether that's, you know, Men's Journal, Forbes, Entrepreneur. Because um, what people what people at Instagram, they look for is they look for an online presence, not on social media, but on Google. So they're going to Google you to see if like you're in the public interest and having more press articles on Google is going to show them like, okay, this person is liked or known outside of Instagram. So that's the first thing is getting featured on tons of big name articles. And then we do scale up pages, obviously, because it helps to have at least like a minimum of 10k, 20k, 50k followers, um, getting the engagement up a little bit. Um, and those are typically the two main things that we do. Um, but that process can take anywhere from three months to, you know, 12 months, depending on, you know, the client who you are. Um, so it's definitely like a, a pretty tedious and expensive process. Yeah, because if they really are a huge name, like Drake, for example, I'm sure Drake didn't have to work too hard to get verified. <laughs> but uh, for yeah. somebody... But technically, though, you think about it. So like you go back you 10, 15 years in music. So yeah, I mean, you could either go the hard way and, you know, basically just spend your entire life building up and becoming like a celebrity and influencer, very well known. Um, that still can put, you know, take a lot of money because even those guys, you know, surprisingly, they're investing tens of thousands of dollars into their growth, into their engagement. Like you go to like Justin Bieber's page, he's investing, you know, millions into his branding. So even the big guys, you wouldn't know, like they're investing thousands into their pages. Um, but yeah, like to your point, you know, if you're a very well-known celebrity or if you have connections, you know, to Instagram, you can get it. Like I know people... Um, you know, sports figures, you know, they're not, they don't have great pages. Maybe they have 4,000 followers, but they're a sports figure, right? So like people know them, so they get verified. So it, it really depends on the individual um, and kind of like what you do basically. Sure. So why do you think so many of these celebrities and music and sports and, and all of these people, why do you think these people are paying so much attention to is their page growing? Is their engagement where it needs to be? Why do you think people, basically, why do you think people are taking social media so seriously mm. today? I think it's kind of like a metric. Like it's, it's similar to money, right? Like people want to make a lot of money because that's something that society kind of measures as like how successful or unsuccessful you are. And since like the, you know, dawn of social media, it's kind of exactly the same, right? If you have, five million followers or a hundred million followers like you are an authority right like you are uh famous and and obviously like there's simple things like you get a lot of money for brand deals like kim kardashian gets paid a million dollars per post so like there's obviously monetary benefit to scaling up so they know that if they put 10k into engagement into growth to getting to a hundred thousand a million five million they're going to be able to use that page to you know, like I said, get into like better opportunities, bigger and better, you know, opportunities. They can easily get um, brand deals, sponsorships, make a lot of money that way. Um, and then also it's just like your new resume. It's like your new business card. So having a social media presence that is like, you know, elites, badass, it's like, you know, it's, it's it gives off a really good first impression. That's going to, like I said, just open up tons of opportunities. So it makes it worth it to invest. Yeah. 
I think that if you look back like 10 years, I don't know if you experienced this, but our parents and people from future generations, they probably thought when we started taking, you know, investing money and putting effort into our social media, they probably thought it was like a vanity project. Like, oh, Joe McCarthy yeah. probably just wants a couple hundred thousand followers because he wants people to think he's cool or he wants people yeah. to like him or he wants to feel good about himself. But just like you said, it's it's not that at all. It's your resume today. And also there's a thousand different things that you can do with a strong audience. Even if my business today... Yeah exploded. If I had an incredible audience, I could build all kinds of different businesses just from monetizing that audience correctly and bringing value to people correctly through that audience. So um, I think maybe the future generation just doesn't quite get that as much because that is probably how uh, the first social platforms started. You know, they they were probably mostly just a vanity project to most people in the beginning, but it turned into so much more. And since social media is constantly evolving, I'd I'd love to hear your opinion on what you think the future of social media is. So what's social media going to look like for for our children? Yeah, that's actually a great question. So um, obviously, we don't really know for sure. Um, The metaverse is kind of getting in here and there. So I could definitely see people starting to almost use their everyday life and going into this metaverse and, you know, people buying real estate in the metaverse, right? It's all all digital. They don't even have to do that in person. I think there's going to be a lot more digital meetings. People aren't going to be doing that in person. Um, I think a lot of people might even start buying like ads and billboards, you know, in the metaverse. So I think that is probably like the most obvious one Um, with social media, specifically like Instagram. I mean, I think that's going to be here for quite a long time. Same with YouTube. I don't know about, you know, TikTok and, and, you know, Twitter. These things are kind of volatile. And with TikTok, I think there's even like people trying to ban it in the U.S. right now. So those ones I'm not 100% sure about. Instagram, I know, is going to be here for a while. YouTube is a long-form platform, so that's stood the test of time the past, you know, 20, 30 years. So I think that's easily going to be here for a long time. So, like, for our young generation, like, I would recommend, you know, start posting on Instagram, build a, you know, brand there, and then you can start to kind of move into, like, YouTube and, and stuff like that. Um, but ultimately like I'm, I'm excited to see what comes, you know, the next 10, 20 years, but ultimately I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. And how do you think social media is, has changed over the last 10 years? Yeah. I mean, like you said, business, right? Like a lot of people for Instagram started out as just like a photo sharing app. I'm pretty sure Instagram was actually more of like a restaurant photo sharing app. So like super specific people would go to restaurants and just tag a photo and post it. Um, but people started to really like with most things, people started to find a way to monetize it. They found a way to capitalize on it. So the biggest thing is people have started to figure out how can I use this to, you know, bring in business. Like even me in like 2000, you know, 15 or 16, like a lot of people were using social media just as like a connection app, right? Just to stay up to date, post my everyday life. And then you got these guys coming in like Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, you know, just blowing up social media and actually using it to bring in business, to bring in a followership, to, you know, bring in this fan base. So I think the biggest thing is people have started to monetize social media and figure out a way to actually like make money through it. Yeah. And how, how important do you think a social media presence is to a growing business today? And 
second part of that question is, do you think that's industry specific? So do you think that certain <clears throat> industries are like complete live or die by their presence on social media? Certain industries doesn't matter as much. What's, what's your take on that? Yeah. Well, there's obviously definitely, there's some, you know, industries where social media is like your main, you know, bread maker. Right. And there's other guys I know, like there's billionaires out there. They don't even know what social media is like they're rich regardless of a social media presence. Maybe they just want to kind of stay rich and unknown. So there are some people that I've, I've talked to and I know that, you know, they just don't even really care about it and they'll, they're, they're doing fine, you know, without it. Um, but I say for like 99% of people, especially small business owners, um, and guys like you and I, like we need a social presence. Like it's vital to have, you know, somewhat of a presence on social media, even if it's not massive, just having something that, that like a young generation or, you know, a young person can go and like, you know, look you up. Cause a lot of times if you're looking to get business, people are going to go to Instagram, right? They're going to go to Facebook or, or even, you know, just Google you. So if you don't have a presence, you know, that people can go to and check you out. Cause like I said, it's your new business card. It's kind of your new resume. So if people don't have a place to go to check you out, um, you're going to lose and you're going to lose a ton of business. And then, yeah, going back to like monetizing the, the brand, I know people making 90% of their business, you know, just through Instagram. So if you can really tap into it, I mean, you can make it completely worth your time versus if you don't have a social media presence at all, like you're missing out on tons and tons of business. So I think it's like, it's vital these days. Definitely. And what platform do you think is the most important for business owners today? Well, yes, yeah, so I'm currently, I'm biased obviously because Instagram has treated me pretty well. Um, but I still would say Instagram is the one you want to focus on right now. And then, like I said, you can start building out to YouTube. YouTube is a lot harder to grow. So it's more of like a long-term play, I guess you could say, but it's going to obviously stand the test of time a little bit better than these other social media platforms. But if you're like just getting started, if you're in business and you want to start posting content, Instagram is definitely uh, that first platform you, you should get posted on because then you can start to almost delegate to these other platforms like YouTube, like Twitter, like TikTok. Got it. Okay. And for someone like yourself who really needs to stay up on the latest trends or changes to the algorithm, how do you do that? How do you stay up to date on those? What's changing in the social media realm? I just do research. I mean, I'll, I'll look at an influencer like Gary Vee is a pretty good one. Um, he always he's very good at like catching trends. I don't know if you noticed, but like if you stay up to date with just his content, you're gonna learn a ton. Um, but I'll do like research here and there. There's a couple guys like the founders of um, Instagram, for instance. I have them on. I have like the bell turned on, right? So anytime they make a post, it shows up in my feed. So there's just random influencers here and there that I'll look at. But usually I'll just look up trends on on. Google, like maybe I'll take like, you know, one day a week, just look up like, you know, what are some recent trends that came out or like, what are things you could implement new for 2023? Um, so just taking like an hour a week to do some research is usually what I do. But I think the, the ultimate thing is just, you know, posting out content and getting started because going back to that, like most like you could do so much research and have a ton of knowledge. And if you don't implement that, that knowledge or what you know, or that, or that, uh, information It's like, it's basically useless. That's awesome. Well, for you, I mean, I know you're, you're 20 years old, you're, you're married, you're, you're doing incredibly well for 20 year old person, <laughs> not a lot of 20 year olds who have achieved your level of success, your level of income. 
but working in social media and social media growth and branding, I'm sure you spend a good amount of time on your phone and in front of a computer screen. So let's talk yeah. a little <laughs> bit about how do you make a point to balance your life so that you don't spend your entire life glued to your phone, glued to a computer <laughs> screen? Yeah, I think honestly, that's probably one downside about the the you know, spaces. I mean, I'll spend like 10, 12 hours a day on my phone, which seems like insane because most people probably spend like five hours. But luckily, it's obviously bringing me a, a return. So it's worth it. Um, but I think writing a schedule um, is a big thing that's helped me like I every single night, you know, I'll write down pretty much like list like every single like hour out for that you know, upcoming day, I'll write down what I'll be doing when I'll be taking breaks, and just kind of time blocking it from like, you know, 7am or 8am to, you know, 9pm. Um, and I'll just make sure I add in like, when I'm going to take a break when I'm gonna go and go to the gym. Um, so that way I can stick to that. So I, I know exactly like when I stop using my phone, I know when exactly I'm going to go to the gym. So I create this schedule instead of it just being like, random like throughout the day i'm just like bogged with you know stuff that i need to get done and then it's like at the end of the day it's like you just look back and it's like i just spent 13 hours on my phone so i make sure that i time block and, and write a schedule the night prior that's how it's helped me so far okay awesome and then for let's talk a little bit more about brand new you know brand new businesses or people who have an established business that are ready to grow on social media so this is your area of expertise so we talked a little bit about what to do, how to build your brand. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see people making trying to build an audience or trying to build a brand on social media? Yeah, well, I think I think going back to one of your first questions, you know, not really knowing who your audience is, I think is a big thing. You know, a lot of people will post for everyone. I think Seth Gooden says, like, if you're if your audience is everyone, it's no one. So I think people don't really know exactly why they're posting. So I think kind of like creating a clear why, like the foundation is huge. So that's the main thing. Um, and then, you know, the second thing is, you know, the mindset, like if you're super scared about like what people are going to think, or if, you know, you don't want to post this piece of content because, you know, you don't think people are going to engage with it, you know, like you may not get engagement no matter what you post early on. So it makes sense to start posting what you want or like what you think is best. And then obviously shifting and, and kind of like finding the trends from there and, you know, fixing that. So I think mindset is a huge thing. Um, other than that, honestly, another big issue I see is um, if you're not posting consistently, um, you're not really going to grow, right? Like I see people, they'll post three times, five times in a week, and then they go like a month without posting, and then they randomly post again. Like one thing that I've kept up is that like I will always post once a week, pretty much no matter what the past four years. So like, I think a lot of people, they'll get in these little trends where they're like posting, they're like super on point posting, you know, once a day for like two weeks. And then it's like, they randomly drop off. And if you drop off, like obviously there's downside with the algorithm, like you're not gonna grow. And then if you try to get back into it, it's just gonna pr pretty much start at zero. So like, if you're not consistent, um, you're not gonna grow. So another thing is just setting out times, like you know, let's say Sunday or Saturday, set out times like say, hey, I'm going to post Monday at 10, 10 a.m. and Friday at 10 a.m., right? So that way you can stay consistent and people are going to kind of know when you post, they're going to be like, oh, I know when Joe posts, it's at 10 a.m. every Monday. So that starts to build this audience versus being totally random. You post three times a week here and then you take a month break and you start posting again. Um, that's another thing is consistency. Awesome. 
So posting consistently is a huge one. Knowing your audience is a huge one. And then just putting out regular content. Don't overthink it, right? Don't yeah. don't worry yeah. too much about whether people are going to like it or not because they're either going to like it or not. <laughs> That's it, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And then, you know, you talked a little bit before about your, your thoughts on the metaverse and what that's going to look like. And it, that's something that we're just starting to hear little rumblings about is the metaverse. But uh, I think most yeah. people don't even know what that is. So could you just tell us in your words, what is the metaverse and how's that going to change things? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I'm not even an expert. I'm not gonna pretend to be an expert in the metaverse. Like I've seen obviously what um, Mark Zuckerberg has done. It's it's similar to like virtual reality, right? It's almost like everything is going to become virtual and you can almost live in this virtual experience. So, you know, let's say you're used to doing meetings in person. Now you're going to be able to, I don't know, put on these goggles or go into this metaverse and you know, do a meeting. Um, it feels like it's in person, but it's virtual. And I'm not even like a huge fan of the metaverse. Like I, I'm a big believer that like, you know, you should live your life in the real world, right? Like if you're stuck in this like virtual world 24 seven, and there's even like some things where like you can date in the metaverse and like do this and that in the metaverse. And it's just like, you know, there's like this whole other verse called like the world, right? <laughs> this so, like, whole other verse and, called the world for sure. Yeah. Why not go out and, and live in a real world? Why you got to be in a, in, a, in a metaverse? So I think there could definitely be downsides of it. But in 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 a nutshell, I guess it's just kind of being able to do a ton of things virtually, which I'm not even a huge, huge fan of, believe it or not. Yeah, fair enough. But it's kind of like people 10, 20 years ago saying, well, I'm not really a social media person. You know, now now social media yeah. is your resume. That's how you build your your business, yeah, uh, exactly. your business audience. So um, very, very important to at least know how to uh, navigate that space, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. And then, you know, for you, what's what's next for you? You know, you've been incredibly successful as a 20 year old. You've built some incredibly successful brands through your company. So what are some goals that you've got set for this year, or the next couple of years? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, there's obviously money goals that I'm trying to hit. So like a million in profit for me would be my next goal. Um, and then as far as like long term goals, like I really want to build out some kind of like university um, whether that's like in person or online, like some kind of school for young guys like myself who can learn and actually learn like implementable skills. Cause like when I was in high school, like I hated, um, I, I pretty much hated everything about it. Honestly, like I wasn't, I wasn't a bad student, but like I didn't get the best grades and I, I always kind of saw it as like pointless. Cause like I wasn't learning anything that I really wanted to do and actually skip college too. Cause I didn't see like a worth in a degree, um, at the time because I was already running a business. I was already, making a decent amount of money right so like i didn't really see what a degree would do for me so like i really want to build out some kind of university or some kind of school um where i can teach people like actual like tips and tricks on like you know what's going to be important whether that's like critical thinking sales um you know that kind of stuff branding how to actually build like a social media presence like if i could teach young guys like that whether they're like 15 17 18 um, that's, that, that would be super fulfilling for me. So that's probably like a five to 10 year goal. Um, but for this year, like, yeah, there's just like some small things like, like buying like a Ford Raptor. I've loved those trucks for a while. So I've wanted one of those since I was like 12. So just like, you know, small monetary goals like that, hitting my money goal, 
um, just riding the wave of social media, blowing up my brand, getting verified. Um, those are some simple things for right now, but long-term it would be that university. That's awesome. And, you know, I think all it is, is finding a way to build an education system that stays current, right? Cause I was, yeah. I was the same as you and it was hard to stay engaged in school and in college and stuff because you could, you could kind of already see that the information they yeah. were teaching us at that point was already a little bit dated. But if you yeah. got to go to high school and take a class on social media branding and you knew how important that was, or you got to take a class on scaling your business or how, you know, the metaverse and how, how to make money in the metaverse or something actually current and applicable, well, then shame on us if we're not paying attention, yeah. right? So how do you think exactly. you'll find a way to stay current on things to be teaching and things to be educating people on? Because 20 years from now, people are going to be looking back at us in this podcast like this is old school, you know? So Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I really don't want to get old. Um, I guess, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I've always been one to kind of study, you know, what's happening around me, study the market and see what's working, see what's not working. Like, it's, it's super simple. Like, if you think about it, like, you don't really need to overcomplicate it that much. Like, if you look at what people are doing these days, what's you know, what's actually like working, what's not look at successful guys. Like, you know, do you want to implement, you know, like, a someone making $20,000 a year, um, doing old school methods. Like, like you said, the school system is super outdated. And even when they do update stuff, it takes like four years for it to actually go to the college. So by then it's still super outdated. So they're pretty much like consistently in this track of like being four to seven years behind. So like for me, I want to make sure that I can implement this stuff fast. So like if I see a trend, I want to be able to teach it to this class within, you know, 48 hours or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, just the other thing is just simple common sense things like look at what successful people are doing or people that you want to kind of emulate and then teach that kind of stuff. Cause I don't want to teach people um, things that like, you know, successful people wouldn't be doing. So if you kind of look at, you know, what is Elon Musk doing or Jeff Bezos or, you know, Ed Milet, Grant Cardone, like look at what they're doing with branding, look at what they're doing with marketing, look at what they're doing with, you know, creating like a, um, a good culture and then take that stuff and, and teach it. Like just kind of like success leaves clues, yeah. right? So kind of just emulate that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's all, all we can do is continue to keep learning and keep growing because you, you, you or me, neither one of us can predict what is going to be yeah. important 20 years from now. We can make some educated guesses and stuff, but you can't say for sure. So I think that's all you can really do is keep learning and keep growing and staying open to that growth and change as it, as it comes. So, okay. Yeah. Well, for you, Joe, this is going to be the, the tough question for you, but this one, I'm sure you've learned tons of lessons over your 10 years or so in business now. I mean, ten, I, I, honestly think when you were six years old and you first realized, okay, it's time to start knocking on doors to sell eggs. I, I consider that when you started in business, but over the last time that you've been in business, I'm sure you've learned lots of lessons, maybe some the easy way, some the hard way. What's one of the most yeah. valuable lessons that you've learned in your life that you feel like everyone should learn at some point in their life? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this one is, it's a little cliche, but it's just 
to not ever quit, right? Like I think a lot of people, you know, if they have one little hardship or they have one little thing, um, then they want to quit. So like that's one thing that my dad has instilled in me a ton is just to never quit, never give up. Like especially with farming, like you wouldn't think like it was, it was you know, that hard, but like it was not always sunshine and rainbows. Like there were times I'd be like, you know, 14 years old and I remember one time specifically, like I was getting ready to, you know, sell a ton of chickens and butcher them and then the night prior, like literally all of them died because they all got like heat exhaustion because it was like in the middle of the summer. I was ready to butcher them. I had them all pre-sold. So all these people were ready to get these chickens. And then the night before I was going to butcher them, they all died. And I had, I had to throw them all away. So I probably lost like $3,000 in one night as a 14-year-old. So like I was devastated. And at that time, I wanted to give up farming. I didn't want to do it anymore. And my dad was like, you know, if you give up, you're going to end up regretting it. Like, you know, you can't just give up because of, you know, one hardship or just because one, you know, one little fumble, you know, comes your way. If you give up, like it's, you're going to probably regret it. So I'd rather not have regrets at the end of my life because I didn't try something because I was afraid of failing um, um, versus going at it and failing, right? Like I'd rather do something and fail at it than not try and have regrets, you know, at the end of my life. So I think the biggest thing is just not giving up because like I said, a lot of people, they'll have one little hardship. They'll go three months without making money. Like I probably made, you know, $400 when I joined Grow This Agency, for instance, you know, the first three months I made like couple hundred bucks. I didn't really make any money. Um, but I didn't give up because I knew that if I kept on going, eventually, you know, you're going to hit that gold. It's like the classic story of, you know, two inches between gold, like, you know, the guy that gives up, um, ends up being beaten by this guy who comes in and keeps on chipping until he finds the gold because he didn't give up. So I think that's just probably like the biggest thing that I've learned is to keep on going and don't give up, you know, when things get hard. Awesome. Well, Joe, it's been awesome getting to speak with you on the show today, and you have an incredible story. I'm sure you've got big things coming in the future. So how can people get in touch with you best if they want to connect with you? Yeah, so I mean, I think the easiest place is Instagram, at Real Joe McCarthy. You can find me there. Um, I'm also sort of on YouTube, TikTok, at Real Joe McCarthy is my handle for everything. So yeah, you can get in touch with me there and check out the content. Awesome, at Real Joe McCarthy. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you joining us on the show today and can't wait to see what you do in the future.